0: <laughs> that's what, when the numbers get
1: smaller. Yeah, yeah. With the, I, was, I was thinking about what is a countdown? Okay. This is the Daves I know. That is Dave Cox.
0: That's Dave Woodard. Hey, hey. And that's Jonathan Jeter on the other side. Hey, of the hey. Day.
1: What's happening? What's man?
0: happening? All right. No, not much. Yeah, we've got uh, Jonathan Jeter with us from uh, Jonathan Jeter and the Revelators, his namesake band, plus uh, drummer for Reverend Horton Heat. So thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I yeah. was just cranking some Morton Eat on the way here. Were you? Yeah. So awesome. I knew we were gonna be interviewing you. I was like and it's been a while. I haven't listened to Horton Eat in a little bit, so uh how long you been playing how long you been playing drums for them, man?
2: I've been uh I've been playing in the band now for about three and a half years. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. It's kind of a kind of a product of of COVID. Like the sure. uh the previous previous drummer didn't want to do some of the uh you know the limited seating engagements and stuff that we were still doing. And, right. uh, so we had the infamous Sturgis come up and, uh, Jim called me on like, I guess it was Thursday. And, uh, he was like, you know, we're talking logistical stuff cause I'm still the tour manager as well. And he went to oh, talk shit. about flights and Double all that. duty.
1: You're double duty in this. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Fuck. And, uh, and, uh, so he's, you know, I'm telling him what time we're flying out on Saturday and all this. And he was like, Oh yeah, by the way, uh, you're playing drums on Saturday as well, and we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna rehearse. We're gonna rehearse. We're gonna rehearse tomorrow at like eleven. So you've got like I don't know, twelve hours to learn like twenty two songs. And I was like, oh yeah. shit, no okay. pressure at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. easy. <laughs> but uh, you know, we flew up there and did it, and uh, you know that that particular one was, um, you know, it was during. You know, it's kind of the tail end of the pandemic, sure. but it was still get catching a lot of flack. And so, my first yeah. gig with the band, we made TMZ for. So that's <laughs> Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> Thank God for TMZ, right? Yeah. <laughs> they right, they right. seem to wreck. They seem to ruin or. No, they usually just ruin careers, don't they?
2: It's yeah, because yeah. Yeah, it was like us and Smash Mouth they wanted to talk about from that event. And I was like, oh, man. It's, it's been my lifelong dream to be mentioned
1: in the same sentence. Yeah. You're talking about us and Smash Mouth? Forget about
2: it. Mom, I finally made it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Things are looking up for me now. So they were, but uh, they were giving you shit for playing. Is that what you're, you were saying? Is it
2: like? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were kind of giving us a sh- giving a shit for playing at Sturgis, which they you know called a super spreader event or oh, whatever. And, uh, Was it? Did it end up being a big super spreader thing? It didn't. Did no, it? Yeah.
1: So nobody called no. the new the new flu
0: yeah exactly <laughs> basically yeah. what it
1: is i mean i'm I'm not an anti-science yeah. guy but it's like I think <laughs> right, things were yeah. taken a little too far there when the, you know what I mean especially towards the the end of this shit it was like yeah we're wrapping the shit up we're done
2: yeah when that- oh man you know it, there was so many tours that we had lined up that uh you know that didn't didn't happen right. and you know we it was just a crazy time oh, obviously a crazy time for everybody sure sure trying to nav- navigate that and you know when you, you've made your whole living for twenty years in the music business <laughs> yeah, you know man. like you're like oh what do we do now? <laughs> did you know, did you, sorry, did you
1: notice that when the Ukraine war started, COVID just magically disappeared?
2: disappeared
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, shut up. There's a war now. But we can right. move to something else. Sorry. That's right.
2: <laughs> but it's funny. Like, I see more people, like, more friends of mine are like getting it now than ever. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Well, yeah. No yeah. big deal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: oh, that, well. that was a weird time. I, um, when right around that time when Sturgis was going on, I, I had gotten tickets to see, uh, Bill Burr. His stand-up show, and it was going to be at the AT&T Performing Arts Center, but because of all that crazy shit, they had it on that stage outside the Performing Arts Center. Oh, yeah. And, and then they had the, <laughs> these fucking circles on the grass out there, and so we happened to have tickets kind of on this loft on the side, like these you know fancy yeah. tickets. Yeah, yeah, They had the tables really far apart, and then you look out onto the lawn where he was— and, uh, there were these like six foot circles. And if you had tickets, you go huddle in your, your own <laughs> circle. And it was in like November. So it was 45 degrees outside. <laughs> and Christ. he, and you know, Bill's a surly dude anyway. Yeah. And yeah. He, for he, sure. He's good. He complained the entire time and it's right, you know, right by the expressway. So he's like, Oh yeah, that's great. Look at, yeah, I get to hear a bunch of fucking <laughs> motorcycles going by now. He, he is <laughs> like, I
1: think, I think he did a stand up. I think it was in, um, I want to say it was in Philadelphia. And all, everybody was just being totally shitty to all the other comedians. He came out and ragged on them. I, I I can't remember if it was Philadelphia or somewhere in New Jersey, but maybe it was somewhere in New Jersey. But he sat there, ragged on them his whole like fifteen minutes. <laughs> he's like, "Fuck, I got three minutes left. You're gonna get more." Like he just like more and more. Yeah, I like Bill Burr, man. He's, I liked him a lot. Dude. So uh, so it's, I had a oh,
2: I, I had a pretty interesting interaction with him. Well, not really an interaction, yeah. but it was kind of a crossing of paths. We were in a. Uh, in um, Minneapolis at First Avenue, and we were playing there that night with the Toadies, and uh, the backstage, like, the garage area there, they still got, like, you know, a replica of Prince's bike, yeah, from wow. Purple Rain, yeah. all that stuff, and Prince's uh, parking spot still, like, roped off. Well, <laughs> Bill Burr was at the Target Center that night, and I guess somebody had brought him in uh, to see all the Prince stuff back there, so I'm back there tearing down my drum kit and stuff, and and then all these SUVs come pulling in, and lo and behold, it's Bill Burr and all his entourage, and um, they're looking at all the print stuff, and right by the door, the back door to the venue, and a certain other band member, who I, who I won't name, like just comes barreling out of uh of the back door and like almost takes him totally out. Like they like tussle like for a second, like <laughs> slammed right into Bill Burr, And I'm sitting there going, Oh shit, that really just happened
1: <laughs> I, that, that place is awesome. I played there when I was uh singing in Billy Club we were on tour with GBH and we played that because uh, there's two there's a seventh street entry and first Avenue. The the first right. Avenue is a smaller, but well, we played the bigger place and I was like kept remembering it was, like They filmed Purple Rain here. That's all I kept thinking the whole time. And then I watched our bass player beat the shit out
2: of somebody that night. The guy
1: threw a drink on him and he just beat the shit out of him. It It was great. It was
2: good. Yeah, the history of that place is rad. Like, if you wander around backstage, like all the analog board tapes, like they have them all stuck up on the wall and it's like, Prince vocal, Prince guitar. I'm like, wow. I'm a huge Prince nerd too. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah oh, that's dude. Oh, fucking awesome. It's fucking Prince,
1: dude. Come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey man, purple is for pimps, wizards, and Prince. Remember that exactly. <laughs> so after after that,
0: uh, the Sturgis gig where you learned all the songs in, a, in, a, in a, one rehearsal, is that did you just? Is that when you stayed on? Like, did they did they offer you the gig then, or were you just filling in? And then and then it no, stuck. No, I or? was
2: just. I was just filling in, um, and then, you know, uh, I haven't gotten fired yet. So I guess it it just kind of stuck.
1: So yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's usually, yeah, Yeah. that's a good sign.
0: What, man, what's it like? What's it like TMing and, and being in the band at the same time? You can't say, well, the drummer said that he really wants (laughs) to. I guess you could, but, but (laughs) how do you, how do you juggle that?
2: Well, now I just talk about myself in the third person. <laughs> right, like, exactly, The drummer yeah. would like the drummer would like green M and M's now. Um, <laughs> no, it's it, it. You know, it's it kind of goes hand in hand, really, because like, you know, I I know what the guys want, myself included, and so it's a little more like straightforward. Whereas, you know, I've been on tours before, where the the TM has to constantly ask, like, oh, we, you know, what do you want to do about this? What do you want to do about that? And since me and these dudes have been traveling together for for so long, because yeah. you yeah. know, I. You know, I was Jim's guitar tech for four years before I started playing. Oh, in the band, okay. So, and so, uh, you know, I've been traveling with these guys for so long that uh, you know, I, I kind of already know what they want and what needs to happen, and yeah, kinda I kind of keep them a little more hands off.
1: They're pretty. I mean, I, I, I. Well, first of all, I love Reverend Wartney. I love Jim. I love Jimbo. Uh, when I was lucky enough, when I was an REO Speed dealer, singing for REO Speed dealer, we got to open up for them many, many times. And yeah, but I remember the first time I saw them. Uh, this is, I think, they had just signed to Sub Pop, so the first album wasn't even out yet, <clears throat> and I never heard them, never really heard like I guess quote unquote psychobilly or whatever rock. But so I was at Fry Street Fair on acid, <laughs> multiple hits of acid <laughs> as you do as yeah. you do at Fry Street Fair back then, <laughs> um, and I just remember watching them, please three guys play, and I just remember like thinking, who the fuck it like. Who is this Rockabilly Slayer band? Like, who is this, like, this speed metal Rockabilly band? And people are like, oh, it's Trevor Hortney. And I was like, who? Like, I, I, it like literally blew my fucking mind. Um, and then I remember when I was in Speed, we asked, I think we had a practice room right by them, some real shitty place in Irving. And, um, and this, like, I think the album had just come out. They were still touring in the van the black van and yeah uh, yeah yeah and uh that album came out and i bought that album and it's literally still one of my favorite albums to this day yeah. smoke them if you got them i just i love that album man
0: Man, I almost, I almost dragged just over to Dave, other Dave's side. My upright bass is over there, and I almost dragged it over here to have behind us, <laughs> mainly because in the, the last episode there were several comments that, that our background looked like a hostage video. <laughs> and, and, and my first thought was, I've never seen polka dot curtains. Yeah, in I mean, a, I hostage I, video. Before. I kind of <laughs> like <laughs> the look. I don't, you know. But man, it er, Looks like This t- is like
1: what COVID would look yeah, like. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> man, I, the, the first, the first, I love you, man, moment. I had with Jimbo, was like yeah. Early two thousands, I think we're playing it opening for them at Ridgley Ridgley Theater. Nice. And and I just as as I did all the time back then, I just got shit house after we were done, and then Jim was shit house, Jimbo was shit house after they were done, and then I, we we're packing up our gear, and he's like, Dave, Dave, come here. And he's like, us upright players got to stick together, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I love you. And they were yeah. standing there just telling each other we loved each other. I've got the most awkward fucking picture because he, he comes up to about here on me and he's like snuggled up. Oh, on yeah. His chest. Self- I'll, <laughs> I'll put, <laughs> yeah, I'll put that on the screen for the YouTube. You're going to have to. You're going to have to do that.
1: You're going to have to do that.
0: Um, so, Reverend, getting ready to head out on the road?
2: Yeah, we've been doing the last, uh, I guess, about three months, just a lot of fly dates and one-offs and stuff. Uh, we went to... Um, we went to the UK for four shows, and then while well, we were there, did one in Belgium. And Killer. Came home, and then uh, I guess that was about a month and a half ago. And then uh, I just got home from Spain on Monday. Oh, we oh, uh, yeah. just just went and pl- played this uh, big rockabilly festival over there called the Rockin' Race. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. Very cool. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy to fly 10, 10 hours somewhere to play one game. Yeah, or, uh, <laughs> at least you're in Spain, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Did you guys play in uh, yeah. in Belgium? Did you, guys, uh, did you guys play
2: Brussels or? Um... We played in a little town. Uh, actually, it was called Saint Nicholas, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a pretty. It was a really cool little town yeah. and a uh, really cool venue, and the, the crowd was super. Receptive, but it was the same promoter that does this this huge festival, the Shock Fest. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but uh, anyway, like um, this was the same promoter, so it was you know it was a good time. They took care of us. The food was was much better there than in the UK. In fact, I
1: haven't seen Horton Heat in a long time. It's been quite a minute. The last time I saw Horton Heat was on a New Year's at Gas Monkey when that place was open, the big the bigs place, and he flew in Jell-O, Biafra. And oh, yeah, yeah and, and I always tripped out on their friendship because Jim well, is pretty right wing, you know, as far as I remember. of J- You know what I mean? I've talked to him multiple times, and Jello is not. And, yeah. but they're pretty good friends. I mean, it was a great show. They came up there and did like, they did a couple Horton Heat songs, and they did a couple Dead Kennedy songs, and I went to go eat with B-Offer after that. And he's that guy, he's a fucking weirdo. I love him. He's probably one, <laughs> one of my favorite singers, but. <laughs> Oh, this, that was, he kept eating food off everybody's fucking plates, man. Like literally Uh. just with his hands, like just like, oh, are those garlic mashed potatoes? (laughs) That's my very bad Jelly Bee Offer impersonation. Well, I like to think of him as (laughs)
2: like. He's like the punk rock Ethel Merman, you know, like, <laughs> there's no
1: business like show business. But he also kind of sounds like Fred Schneider from the B-52s. If you, <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah, got me yeah. a car, it's as big as a whale.
2: <laughs> you know, he's just, he's just kind of all around. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, he was with us another, another, uh, New Year's Eve and we were in Florida somewhere and after the gig, like somewhere along the way, like, me and Sean Bailey had picked up, like, at a gas station, like, the shittiest fireworks that you could possibly find. Dragons, yeah. Um, and so we were, uh, Joe had brought all these friends on the bus and, um, and it was, it was getting a little punishing for everybody. Sure. You know, we were, we were ready to roll out. And so I was like, all right, everybody off the bus. It's fireworks show time. <laughs> and so like everybody files off the bus and I lock it and then like, Set off the most lackluster fireworks known to man. It was like, boop. <clears throat> we were like, all right, cool, see you guys, yes. until the next on time. Bus.
1: <laughs> That's great, man. That always that, that just always tripped me out. I mean, uh, at, at when uh, just which again, you know, the whole thing. Reason we kind of started this podcast is we can have a little bit of a difference of opinions politically and stuff like that. And I don't think you get too much different than Jim and fucking Jello because they're pretty fucking different when <laughs> yeah. it comes to when it comes to political issues and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, very, but, it's, very much but it still shows that you can still be friends with people that you don't agree with. That you can still Absolutely. have a rapport and just I asked him, I was like, How are you guys such friends? You know, he's just like, Well, we just don't talk politics much. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to that old adage like, you know, you shouldn't talk politics or religion with your
1: friends uh, Unless you're doing a podcast Yeah, And then then it's okay And
2: then all bets are off
1: That's right I like that
0: Yeah, Dave doesn't know this, but for the next episode
1: we're recording, which is political I've got like 20 pages of notes Shit (laughs) I've just been tattooing, I don't even know what I'm going to (laughs) say We've always We've told ourselves that whatever subject matters we bring up, we're going to definitely like keep it organic like I was like I don't want to I don't want to know your your thoughts on this subject because I want to just have it right then and there like you know just organic and natural and because I don't want to go and like Google a bunch of stuff and have a bunch of stuff to say like I'd rather keep it just just natural man like i think it's yeah not not saving up like uh cnn or fox yeah Rogers. little quips like yeah that's just so i'm so sick of that shit man you know and uh how's the like uh, as far as to get back to the music stuff um as far as the tour goes like how's how the crowd's been they have still been pretty receptive and
2: keeping, they're great man yeah. and you know what's what's really cool that's happening now is like you know the kids that came to shows with you know, their parents and whatnot are now grown up, yeah. and now they're coming to the shows with their friends or kids. Yeah. And uh, and it just kind of really, you know, kind of goes to show how long those guys have been out there doing that, you know. Yeah, I mean. Back yeah, but playing, the crowds are, crowds are
0: great. Playing bar soap in the, <laughs> the mid-90s. <right>? Yeah, man.
1: <laughs> I loved those shows. In fact, I love it when Jim just does a one, just him. He just shows up, says, call him out. People just call him out. And, but then nobody, some people call it Horton Heats Up, but they call it like Johnny Cash songs and like, and he'll just, he'll just fucking play it. Like, it's like, like he's been playing it for all his life. And I think that's great. He's, he's, Jim's a really good dude, man. Like he's, uh, the good thing about him is he's always given, you know, any band that I've been in, he's always given us an opportunity to open up for them to help kind of like get a little bit of a crowd for the, you know what I mean? Like, he's always been real good like that. He's local for local bands. Like, he's always been really good like that. So.
2: And he's still doing that, you know, yep. for for different rockabilly guys. There's this guy out of out of Oklahoma, Jimmy Dale Richardson. Yeah. Um, we, we we played on a session with him. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to back him up actually at the Ameripolitans next uh, next weekend. Oh, nice, and, oh, uh, hell
0: yeah!
2: And uh, this guy Lance Lipinski down in Austin. Mm-hmm. We do. He's Jim's really good about pushing, um, yeah. you know, his stuff out there too. And he's got a label now. He, he calls it more of a vanity label, but uh, you know, it's gaining traction. He's putting. Forty fives and stuff out, very and um, and ten inches. You know, you don't see people putting out ten inch records very often. Yeah. Um, so it's I love it's pretty ten inch albums. Ten inch albums are the shit. Man. Yeah, yeah, I love those. They're
1: such. They're almost kind of novelty, but they're just a lot of people realize that those were re- those were the records.
2: Yeah, that, back right. then. Like yeah, those ten <laughs> inch records were the records. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, that And you know, to get those printed in the stateside, there's only one company yeah. in the whole country that still prints ten inches. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. Is it United to get on there? Is it
1: United? Yeah, it's United. Yeah. Yep. Those guys mm-hmm. are great. I've dealt with them before in other bands I've been in, just doing like just seven inches and singles and stuff like that. Like and those guys are they're all they're those guys are on top of the game and they've been doing that for a long, long time. United's been long around time. for a long time, man.
2: So, yeah. 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 During during the pandemic when we weren't really working, uh, hand drawn records here in Dallas uh, threw me a bone and like let me go work over there part time and sure. so. You know, I was basically sweeping the floor and, uh, you know, putting records in sleeves and stuff. But um, so I got to, you know, learn all about the the record pressing industry while I was there with those guys. And uh, they were super cool to take me in and let me do that. That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would come home with just a stack of records. Sure, yeah. you know, every of course you week. would. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, at yeah. a record place. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude! Give me all that vinyl. <laughs> yeah, it
0: was awesome. Yeah, I've got a. I or have a, to watch
2: the process. I, I, it's yeah, fascinating.
0: It's fascinating to watch too. It really, is. yeah. I, I have a. Uh, I've been trying to figure out when to work this in, and this seems like the right time to do it. I've got a. I have a linkage to a very specific Reverend Horton Heat song that goes back many, many years. So. Uh, in 2000, 2001, I was watching, I wanted to buy a, a classic car and I was watching this 57 Ford four door on eBay and it ended, it didn't bid high enough, blah, blah, blah. Just long story short, I contacted the person in Austin's like, Hey, what do you want to sell the car for? So she told me how much I like, can I, can I drive it home? Can, I? and she's like, yeah, fly down one way. I'll pick you up at the airport. You can check the car out if you like it. You can drive it anywhere. We've been driving it for years. And I was like, cool. So then I was talking to, uh, Rob choppy shortly after (laughs) and told him, Hey, I'm going to pick up this Fairlane. He's like, Oh, cool. Let me see a picture of it. And I showed him and he's like, are you buying that from a, from a chick named Kristen? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, dude, that's the 400 bucks car. (laughs) (laughs)
1: So
0: so I I didn't know that. I just thought it was a cool car. So I I took a Southwest flight to Austin and Kristen picked me up at the airport. It's a real cool car now, right? Yeah. (laughs) I've put way more money than it's worth in it now. And, uh, Kristen picked me up, and I was like, hey, I, I realized we have some mutual friends, you know, back in Dallas. And she's like, oh, yeah, who? And I said, uh, you know, Rob Choppy, right? And she's like, it's true, okay? All the- <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is that car. <laughs> and uh, and then at our car show, so my my car club does the Invasion car show in DLM yeah. every year. Um, invasion 16 coming up in October. Hey, and, October. Uh, and uh, three or four, maybe four years ago. Um, you guys played at it and, uh, and I got, I got buddy of mine drew 400 bucks, made a real cool, like tattoo style, yeah. uh, painting on the glove box door and got Jim to sign it. And then naturally, since it's my car club and our car show, I had my band open up the show. Yeah. Too, cause, oh yeah. Cause, you yeah. That's, that's what you got. That's what you got to do. Oh, of course. Okay. That's
1: what you do. <laughs> Yeah, that's good stuff, man. You guys um so you guys you guys do have a tour coming up or just kinda doing these little kind of one off or like three or four show like weekends kind of uh, stuff. We or?
2: we do we do have a tour coming up at the end of the month. We're gonna hit the West Coast for uh, about six weeks. Okay. Um and that one is gonna be with uh Dale Watson and uh nice. Jason Jason D. Williams. Uh I don't know if you're hip to that guy or not, but um he's long very long story short but he's uh an illegitimate son of Jerry Lee Lewis and so he oh, like, wow. no, no. looks just like him plays piano like a wild man and so um that's going to be a pretty interesting tour um, Oh am yeah. pretty it. looking forward to it and I'm, I'm doing double duty on that one so I'm playing drums with Jason D and with uh and important beats so. oh nice yeah. two
1: bands tour managing you got your hands full there <laughs> yeah.
2: and driving i'll do all. and the driving, driving too yeah, <laughs> yeah it's...
1: fuck let's uh, throw let's throw another job in there
2: yeah, yeah. well up Man, until that... about two years ago i was uh i was selling merch too like i was yeah, literally wow. Jesus, <laughs> hang out at the merch table until it was time to play and then like you know run up there and play and then run right back yeah and uh, hot t-shirts and finally we, we got we brought somebody in to do that but
0: yeah, is that the rock star life you envisioned? Where being TM and playing in multiple bands and doing the merch and all that In, in all its
2: glory. That's right. Yeah. And, having, <laughs>
1: and having to pay a percentage of the club of merch. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. oh yeah. That's a rough one right there. When I I did a tour and we did, we did a pretty big tour. And like I remember them going, Oh, we take we you know, we got to count all this. I'm like, why? Like, well, we take a percentage of it in the night? I'm like, what? Like, I just used to play in like shitty punk rock clubs. Like, I'm like what do you mean you're taking a percentage? I was like, do we get a cut of the bar? Yeah. No. And I'm like, well, what's going on? Like, but I figured it out. I figured it out. I used to put shirts on my backpack and I'd be like, yeah, go ahead and count all the shirts, man. And I just sell shirts out of my backpack. (laughs) And then I got it pretty good with the promoters at the end of the night. Um, I would like, uh, (laughs) <laughs> they would like. I was like, ah, man. Well you sold like one or two shirts, like, ah, don't worry about it. I'm like, sold like twenty.
0: Right. Like, oh yeah, no problem, dude. Like,
1: well, here's a case of beer. We feel bad for you. Thanks, dude. Yeah. man.
0: The the band I wanted to definitely talk about too is uh, Jonathan Jeter and the Revelators. So, right on. Um, I I know I know that band's been around for what thirteen, fourteen years, maybe longer.
2: Yeah, about fifteen years, I guess. Uh, it was a very different band then, though. Like, uh, yeah. You know, I was kind of going for more of the alt-country kind of vibe then and was playing more of that circuit, which inadvertently kind of got me lumped in with the, you know, what was happening then of that Red Dirt country scene, which led to massive burnout on my end because I'm like, sure. fuck yeah. all these bands. Like, I don't, <laughs> sure. you know, I don't, I don't play pretty boy country music, you know, like. uh it's I, like you know, just got, pop
1: it's almost just like pop music with a twang to it. You know what I mean? Like it's not even really country.
2: Like it didn't really jive, but you know, I was trying then to like really push that Americana vibe. And, you know, I was also trying to kind of get my name, you know, name out there as a songwriter in Nashville. So I was like going to Nashville every month for, you know, at least three or four days or try to route through on tour or whatever. And, um, and that that all just was so overwhelming, and I had booking, you know, and management and everything, but you know, I just didn't. They were kind of running me into the ground, and so, yeah. um, I, it was. I got home from a tour right before Christmas, and uh, just fired everybody, like fired the band, fired agent, fired the manager, everybody, and um, didn't didn't play music again for a couple of years. I just was so burned out. Interesting, yeah, yeah.
0: Man, new, got, this new incarnation of the band is fucking amazing, too. It's ripping, man. Really? You know, we yeah. we brought
2: in uh, Brandon Cowley's the bass player. And I. we've known each other for 20 plus years. And um, so when we put this band together this time, this this version of it, it was, uh, you know, we really wanted to bring in. There was a certain look and sound that we that we really wanted, and luckily we were able to bring in some buddies that you know fit those parts, and it's um uh, it's, no, it's, it's working.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, me- I remember talking to to Garrett, and it was uh I I don't know if if he had already played a show a show with you guys or if he was about to play his first one, but he was talking about the difference between you know what he does in Dog Company, and he's you know he's like I'm just blasting away at the strings oh. at Dog Company now I have to be. You know, subtle and do different stuff. And he, he was like, for as nervous as he gets, because he doesn't get nervous. But, right. But he, he's like, man, it's been so different. And he's had to learn, you know, focus more on finesse and style and all that. So it was fascinating watching him talk about that going from dog company, like, you know, street punk band to yeah, what you what you guys are doing. And I know people hate having their bands compared to other bands, but you kind of can't help it. But right. like when I when I listen to some of y'all's recordings, especially the newer, you know, single that came out last year and there was one a year or two before that. Like I kind of from the studio recordings I kind of heard a little bit of Lucero, but then the live show that I went to, I don't know, 6 or 8 months ago it was like Hot Water Music. And yeah. and that that's the two things that that at least that I hear where it's got like that punk intensity but the Americana structure and kind of sound and vocals behind it. So That's kind of what I pick up on anyway.
1: Garrett's played in your band. I didn't know that.
2: (laughs) uh, Yeah. 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 Garrett's a great dude. Um, Yeah. He's a great dude. You know, it's, it was interesting, like the guitar playing for all of us was kind of a learning curve because I never played in a three guitar band before. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I play guitar and sing, then, you know, Garrett and then Alex Martinez as well playing guitar and, um, and we know three guitars, bass, drums, and all five of us sing too. So it's, um. it's a very full sound. That was like 30 you know, it was like thirty-eight
1: special. Yeah. <laughs> there were like eighteen drummers, you know, fifteen <laughs> bass players, twenty-seven <laughs> guitar players, and a vocalist.
2: <laughs> we were uh, or we're playing at Three Links next Thursday, and um, okay. I was just I was just before I hopped on here, I was advancing the show and sending our stage plot over to the engineer, and I was like, man, I'm sure he's gonna get this, and go, oh shit. Yeah, th- th- three half stacks at a huge bass gonna and, and a drum kit, and I got a mic, like, five vocals. But uh, <laughs> and we're the first of three bands, so I'm sure they're gonna. Oh, so it's, yeah, you got yeah.
1: <laughs> no backline there. Thank you yeah. were taking our time, taking this shit off. Guys. <laughs> That's great. I love that.
0: <laughs> so what what went into the kind of the the style shift from kind of the early part of the Revelators to when you got it going again? Was it a a conscious effort to make it more raw so that you didn't get lumped in in a, a weird genre again or was it a well, like was it was it deliberate or did it just kind of evolved your songwriting and and a, playing a little and bit
2: a, a little bit of both because i mean like you know initially when i you know i always grew up a punk rock guy and like whenever um whenever i, I initially started writing in like the americana fat you know format or whatever it was you know kind of at the time when uh, you know, when aging punk rock dudes like we're going to playing folk music, you know, like Chuck yeah. Reagan and uh, you know, uh, I mean Lucero. I mean Ben Nichols is a you know on a punk band before Lucero, and uh, it just kind of fit. And and then once we were formatting, like when I started writing again uh, for this specific version of the of the project, I uh, kind of wanted to get back to you know more aggressive guitar tones and like uh you know more. More, you know, of, to take back in more of the punk rock vibe. And, I mean, we we, we joke about it now. We're like, yeah, we're like a punk-ish band. <laughs> punk-ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. punk-esque. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that, that element. Bit. I'm a massive Bruce Springsteen fan. I think that sure. influence is definitely coming through now as well, too. Um,
1: That's good. I mean, that... Uh... What's the band that, um, it's a 58 sound or 57 sound. What was the band that did that album? Um, Gaslight Anthem. Yeah. Gaslight Anthem. When I first yeah. heard them, I, I wasn't a fan. I, they kind of grew on me a little bit, Right. but I love that. That, I love that album, man. Like that album, I crank quite a bit now. And it obviously has that Springsteen ish kind of sound to it. But I really, I don't know why it took so long for me to like get into that, but they really are. They're a great band of that album. Uh, specifically is like definitely one of my favorites like i crank it quite a bit actually
2: yeah. yeah that album rips man and i i love how they got kind of like a a vintage tone to the yeah, record yeah absolutely um, yeah. i mean there's definitely that springsteen nod in there because i mean jersey, jersey boys gotta stick together i guess absolutely but, uh, just <laughs> just yeah.
1: his vocal delivery on a lot of stuff is very d- yeah. reminding me of bruce springsteen but that but that's cool like i i a band, i mean you know it's, it's punk rock. It's country. We're all. I mean, I'm a tattooer. I copy every. I steal everything. Trust me. You know. <laughs> so I think it's cool when, like, I hear bands actually putting out their influence on album or live or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't have an issue with it. some people. Are like, oh, they're just ripping off so and so. It's like, well, so everybody's fucking what? Dude? Everybody's like, ripping off Chuck Berry. If you're no, playing rock exactly. and roll, exactly. So. <laughs> they're all sure, ripping yeah. off. They're all ripping off Little Richard, and you know it. So it's like it's like just enjoy the fact that they're like paying you know respect to their like. The bands they grew up listening to, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. whether you copy them verbatim or, or just you can just hear the influence. I, I respect the shit out of that. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I dig
2: that album. Yeah, yeah, and we're it, doing. For- we're doing a, a cover of Atlantic city in our show now. And so yeah. like I'm being very blatant about it. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> so, Why the fuck? Not,
0: man? Man, there's, like, so, <laughs> there's so many good bands like around that general type of music. Like I, I when American aquarium first came out, I, I just, I was just into, I, it wasn't what I was into. Right. And then revisited it several years later. It's like, like what the, why didn't I fucking like this I, now? I, you know, it's it,
1: yeah. a lot to do with some age. Like I think as you yeah. age a little bit, you start getting back to like, I mean, let, I mean, let's pay respect for some for Wayne Kramer who just passed away recently. Like even a band like the MC5, I, you know, I wasn't into the MC5 in the 80s. I was listening yeah. to fucking MDC and Black Flag and like, you know, like DOA and shit. That's that's what I want. And then it was like you got a little older and you're like, "Oh, oh, these guys influenced all this shit." And then that yeah. influenced all this shit. So it's so you kind of go backwards a little bit. And I think just with, like with age, like you're something like, yeah, it's all right. And then a couple years later, you're like, fuck, this album is fucking great, man. Like, you know, I just, I think it just comes with age a little bit. Wisdom.
2: Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like when I was younger and like, you know, finding records, you know, I, you know, we were all told we were supposed to like, kick out the, pick out the jams, that record. And like that yeah. record didn't really do much for me until I right. got older. Right, yeah, yeah,
1: I agree. Yeah. I mean, now, now and I like the fact that they their first album they put out a live album. Yeah, uh, their first yeah. record they put out like <laughs> fuck it, let's just do it live. But it's yeah. good because you can actually capture the really what those guys sounded like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, as a live live band. And their other albums are great too, High Times and and Back in the USA. I mean, those are great because there's great songs on there. But yeah, that Kick Out the Jams, it's it's good because it's really raw. And it's like, you know, it's like, it's not perfectly polished and everything like that, but it, it's yeah. fucking raw as shit. And uh, that's definitely one, definitely one of my favorite albums to, to this day.
2: Oh, absolutely. And like, and I don't know why I never really caught on, but like now I'm listening to it and what that come out in like 68 or something? Yeah,
1: 16, yeah, 68, 69.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that, you know, that they said motherfucker in that song, like, <laughs> yes. I was like, that's like- cool as shit. And like, why didn't I, <laughs> yeah. why wasn't I jam in that? yeah much earlier you know i mean
1: yeah. i mean those guys were like uh I even mean, even their political views they got they paid the price for that shit like oh, and definitely. they those were so they were supposed to they played um at the democratic national convention as a protest band they're the only fucking band that showed up and played all the other bands totally pussed out and they showed wow. up like fuck it we're playing and they got their asses beat by yep. the cops, I mean they were like, <laughs> they sure. fucking, they paid the price for being themselves, and I, you just got to respect. I mean that's punk rock, man. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. you know, like that. You got to admit, like that is punk rock for
2: sure. So. I I had the the pleasure of I, I did get to have one interaction with Wayne Kramer, and uh, it was it was actually in Belgium at that shock festival I was just talking about, and they, cool. they were doing that MC50 uh, yeah. Situ- yeah situation and. Um, I don't remember who all was playing in that band, but, uh, I know Kim Thale from Soundgarden was playing guitar and yeah. that, and it was, we saw them backstage and stuff. And, you know, Wayne looked great then. this was probably, I don't know, five years ago. Mm, okay. And, um, uh, but after the the gig, we pulled up at the hotel and, um, uh, we were all getting out of the van or whatever the, the, from the runner and Kim Thale was standing outside smoking a cigarette. And he's like, Horton Heat! Because, you know, the Soundgarden <laughs> tours in the 90s and stuff, and so like, yeah. I'm like, hello. Kim Thale from Soundgarden. <laughs> and so like he ended up like, you hey, know, let's go, let's go inside and have some drinks and stuff. And I'm like, yes, Kim Thale, I will do shots <laughs> with you.
0: And you, well, you Chris Farley him for the next hour, like, m- <laughs> yeah. m- m- remember when you made that, that album and it was really cool?
1: That was cool. <laughs> that was cool. That was awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's weird. It's, it's weird when you meet these guys that you grew up listening to. Um, and then you like I said I, I I did that GBH tour and I grew up listening to those guys. I remember looking at their album covers and being like, I want to look like that. I want leather yeah. and spikes and big hair and fucking like you know boots and spurs and all that shit. So I did a tour with them. It was like a two month tour, or yeah, yeah, two month tour. And the beginning of it, I'm like, oh hey, Colin, what's up? And like, hey, and then, but by, by the middle of the tour, hey, what's up, motherfucker? Like you're like <laughs> homies <laughs> with them. You're like, yeah. hey, and I'm still I'm still good friends with this d- to this day, but. It's it's just a weird feeling of like, because you don't want to feel like starstruck, but you are in a way, man. Because it's like right. I grew I grew up listening to you, you you know you're on my favorite some of my favorite fucking albums, man. So I get that I totally get that feeling of like, hey, yeah, let's go have drinks, dude. Like yeah like, like, yeah yeah like
2: it, it's an interesting thing you know being on the road with people though because like you really don't have any other choice but for. You know acquaintances to become friends and friends yep. to become family you know because you're stuck out there yeah. together it's either you're going to love each other and you're going to be you know lifelong friends or you're going to be like fuck that guy i hope yeah. i never see him again <laughs> or, you know? or Just, not no, yeah, yeah there's like there's no no real middle ground there no no yeah
0: it's funny is it um even now you know i'm, I'm 55 now mm-hmm. and about five or six years ago when gorilla biscuits came through yeah um, I a, a call came out, and there's not a whole lot of there's not a lot of crossover with trumpet players who are into punk rock, right? But I happen to be one, mm-hmm. so there was a call out to do. They always do that trumpet intro before yeah. their first song. Yeah. So, um, somebody messaged me, hey, you're interested in doing this? Is that like, yeah, definitely. That'd be fucking badass. Like I listened to that when it first came out. Yeah, in the dude. 80s. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, my phone rings a couple of days later, and it was Walt Shrifles from Gorilla Biscuits, and he's like, nice. Hey, this is Walt. And I uh, heard you want to do the trumpet thing. Yeah. And he gave me all the details and stuff and then met him at the show. And it was the same thing. He's like, Oh, uh, you're you're well, Hey, well, what's up, like, dude. Hey. <laughs> and, they, don't give a fuck. <laughs> and then, uh, and then when it was all done, you know, did the trumpet intro and watched from side stage and all that stuff. And then when they were done, I was kind of packing up my little bit of shit to leave. And they're like, Hey, we're going to go grab a bite. You want to hang out? And I'm like, okay, watch rifles. <laughs> <laughs> then, and then by the end of dinner, it was fine. Like, yeah, I was acting yeah, normal again, but it's like, Jesus Christ, man, I'm 50 years old, and I'm acting just, like I'm 12. <laughs> it's just a thing, man.
1: So I remember one time, um I, this might have been like MySpace days or whatever, or maybe it was Facebook, I gotta remember, but Jack Grisham from TSOL was, I guess he was in Dallas, and he just made a post that was just like, hey, I'm in Dallas, man, I'm here for a couple of days. Anybody wants to go grab a bite or something like that? And I'm just like, no shit. So I sent him a message I like, hey, I'm, I'm here's my number, man. She, you know, if you want to go grab a bite, you know, So like 20 minutes later, the phone rings. It was a California number, and I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> right? And so I'm like, hello, he goes, hey, it's Jack Grisham, dude. I'm just like, hi? Like, I'm like, I couldn't, first of all, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what are you doing in Dallas? I was like, is TSOL playing? And he's like, he's like, no, no, no. Um, He's a counselor. He's been, he's been in, uh in recovery for shit since 89. And, um, yeah, I think he does. He does a lot of stuff, but I think counseling is one of the main things he does. He's like, no, man. He goes, I'm in Dallas. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm like talking to, talking to people or, or something like that. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you know, people that are like fucked, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got away with words. Um, and even though I was like, all right, cool, cool. But even to this day, like, um, I still interact with him online and even message like, Hey Jack, I've asked him to do this show. He said he would totally yeah. do the show too. He's, again somebody grew up listening to and they end up just being like just this dude this yeah. normal guy you know like you've kind of put on this pedestal for so many t- so many years but it turns out like oh you're just a normal fucking dude cool man yeah, like you're just another dude. Talk shit you know yeah, yeah. like yeah. yeah you guys uh you know i
0: there was a you guys released a single last year and, uh, Revelators did. Do you have a, yep. an album, a full album coming behind that this year, or what, what's in we, the works with recording?
2: Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got, uh, about five songs in the studio, uh, that I've been working on. Uh, in fact, I go in Monday and Tuesday, uh, to try and wrap those up for as much as I can. But yeah, we're gonna continue to release singles until, um, until I have enough uh, to, you know, recorded music to put out. That seems well to finished. be that seems to That's be kind of now. the the thing.
1: Like it's kind of because of streaming services and stuff like that. It's kind of reverted back to the single. You know, yeah, like,
2: and, and, and I think it has a lot to do with like the. You know, the attention span of the consumer is so <laughs> the non attention span. Yeah, the non attention exactly. span, dude. Yeah, yeah.
1: You, you release an album sort of, it's just one song at a time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like an E P or something like that. I've noticed yeah. um a couple years back and we were uh, when I was another band we were releasing stuff, we were talking about and they were like, Well, you know, release one song at a time and then like a month later, two months later, another song, sometimes three or four months later but i've noticed that i've noticed a lot of bands that do that now um and, and in a way it's i mean it's kind of cool in a way you know what i mean it's like because the single comes out and you're, you're you're ready for the new single to come out and it's just you know it gets like you can hype it up a little bit more you know putting out 10 12 13 songs i mean you have to sit through the album you know what i mean yeah. so it's like when you Kind of get your hopes up like each song at a time i, th- I think you're right i think the attention span is just what's just totally fucked with people now but yeah, that's adults it, too not just kids
2: <laughs> sure and it bums me out because you know i i you know we all grew up in like wanting to get the album and look read the le- the liner notes and the, look yeah, at the artwork and all that and you know now yeah. it's like well now i've got to do this but um yeah. luckily like the other guys and are on the same page and so like you know we're putting out different art with with everything that we do and like i mean yeah. every show we do a show poster for every single show that we play. And so it's totally different. And so like, you know, we're selling those at the merch table and stuff. And just to, I don't know, bringing back in the little bit we can, you know, just getting, you know, you know, the art back into the whole situation. Yeah. You do
1: that with this, with John Jeter, that do you do that with um, art wise? Is it, do you kind of go with more Americana style, like,
2: uh, yeah, my bass player Brandon Catley's He's uh, <clears throat> he does all the artwork for us, cool. and so it's uh, it's all it's all pretty you know consistent. But uh, it's he's got his own kind of style going on, um, and it's it's pretty rad. So like That's every cool. every show that we do, he does he you know does a poster for and um, yeah. You know, he's it's all ink drawings and stuff, and so he does everything everything by hand, and so you know he puts a I miss, lot of lot of effort into it.
1: I miss all those old like the old like coop posters and like all yeah. the show posters that like. I, I miss all that stuff, man. Like those are all the screen printed posters they used to come out for yeah, the shows. I, I like, had,
0: to I kind of like semi plagiarize shit because I back in the rockabilly band yeah. days in the early two thousands, I would I would go to fucking half price books and mm. look for like old fucking like dime store novels, right? And then scan them, oh, yeah, mm. and then and then you know erase parts <laughs> of it, right? And put right. The band info. So like I've, I've got this stack of posters from back then. I love that, and it's all old, like yeah. those cheap like, like those twenty five cent. But uh, that's books and then make them into a poster because yeah, I look, can't draw for shit. Right? So I, <laughs> yeah, I, can make, like, I can make letters, though. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm a tattooer and I can't draw for shit either. So... <laughs> <laughs> So you guys,
0: um, you've got your, your show at three links coming up. Do you, are y'all, have you booked a, a tour after you get back from the tour with Reverend or what, what's going on with, uh, live music for Jonathan uh, this
2: year? No, we're going to, there's no tours really in the books. It's still just a bunch of regional one-offs. Uh, we're going to do, um, we got that show next Thursday. Then we're gonna, another, we're playing again Friday, uh, but then we don't play again till mid-April. Um, Delta Bombers are coming through town. Those are, I uh, those, yeah. Yeah. Those are my dudes. So they they're, they put us on that one with them. And uh, so that'll nice. be the next time we play locally.
1: Have you guys – how's the reception for you guys regionally? You guys uh, – are you hitting Oklahoma as well or just kind of just
2: – Yeah, yeah. We've done, we've done Tulsa so far. But there's <laughs> – uh, you know, we're going to kind of branch out more this year to try and get out on the road more. But, yeah, uh, yeah. To, we played Mercury Lounge, that place is tried and true and I, love I this. went oh yeah. Oh man, yeah, I love that place. Yeah, and, you know, it was it was um a much bigger response and turnout than I could have ever imagined. And uh yeah it's yeah. great, man. Yeah, every and everywhere we you know, everywhere we go, it's like um you know, nobody knows who the fuck we are, but like um for one reason or another you know, people are coming out and like, you know, if they came out to see another band we're you know, just trying to turn one person on at a time, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just doing it, just being a band, just doing yeah. your stuff and showing your songs, showcasing your songs and your band and your music. Like, that's, I mean, like I said, from the old days, like when I was a speed dealer, we just hopped in a van and had a makeshift tour and were gone for like two months, three, like a month or two. Like, you know, some shows fell through, the band breaks down, you you know, band members fighting. It's like, oh, yeah. it's all part of it. You know what I mean? But I would say at this stage, you, you've probably done all that shit. So you- oh, yeah kind of know the the do's and not to do like list yeah. you know what i mean on like how to avoid a lot of that stuff so i think yeah, that's I've, great
2: i'm much more uh well i'm much less fun probably on the road now <laughs> than i was you know 20 years i don't ago. know but i don't know about that Who knows? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> well fun looks fun looks different now like i, I joke exactly I joke with Jimbo all the time. I'm like, you know, the drugs look very different now, man. It's like Advil, <laughs> right? And, you know, it's you know, Advil, eight hours like, of sleep, getting, getting right. Tiger, Tiger Bomb, and stuff. Yeah, you know, getting wild. <laughs>
0: About about four or five years ago I did a I did a tour with a ska band playing trumpet. Okay. And uh, you know, so seven fucking people in the band. And back in the day that would have been seven people and one hotel room. Oh yes. And and this this time it was seven people plus, you know, merch guide TM, so eight people, so that's four hotel rooms now. (laughs) So we lost money on the tour, but I'm not sleeping on the floor. I'm old now. What's a hotel room?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just remember a couch and a floor, dude. Or a van. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sleeping in the van was uh, uh, the some of the speed dealer to Oreo speed dealer tours. They were, they were great. I had a good time. Um, there was a lot of substance abuse issues with me going on in the band, but uh, I had a lot of fun doing that stuff. Just get in the van and just going. You know, oh, you yeah. just go. Like you just take the fuck off and let's see what happens. You yeah, know, let's see if people like freeing, our band or not.
2: It's a very freeing yeah. thing. You know, like you're you're out there. You know, sailing the road, man. Like, yeah. You
1: just, basically. you're,
2: you're, you're learning
1: life lessons on that road, too. I mean, not just, yeah. I mean, for yourself, but even the people you're with and just the people you encounter in every city. You know, played in front of three people, played in front of 3,000 people. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, 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 and it's, it's, I've always, I was always taught like, no matter what, you fucking give it 150% every fucking show. It doesn't matter if these three people are here to see they are here to fucking see you. So yeah. give it your all and do yeah. your fucking best, like so. Exactly, you owe them but, that. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I, I totally yeah. agree with that. And it's uh, it, a lot of we'll we'll definitely get some tour stories on this oh, podcast yeah. at some point. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I agree with you. It's just a it's just freedom, just to be out on the road and like yeah. you know you don't even have enough time to see the fucking city.
2: No, you no. Know, you have to you have to
1: find <laughs> first of all you got to find the club. Yeah. And this is before Google Maps kids, right? <laughs> so, like, so yeah. you know, you're like folding this big or trying to fold this big map. Like, I mean, fuck, I remember being broken down in Baltimore for like three days. Oh, Baltimore. oh that's terrible. Yes, I know. It yeah. was terrible.
2: <laughs> or you were trying to like find it in a Maps Go, you're like, okay, yeah. J. Forty. Okay. There, there,
1: yeah. There we are. Kids will have to look that they'll have to Google that now to see what the fuck that's all about. What's J forty? It's just Baltimore. Just just yeah, take it. Just to know, it. Fine. Yeah, I
0: would lived in Baltimore for six months. Boy. It was gonna be a permanent move. I'd already lived here for 10 12 years. Yeah. And then got a job offer and was foolish enough to take it. And it it was about Two weeks after I got there, I was like, yeah. I, I really fucked up.
1: <laughs> they got good cheesesteaks there, though. The it Philly cheesesteaks are really good. Yeah. Can't
2: deny that.
0: So, uh, so, Jonathan, is there anything you want to um, you want to plug before we sign off? Social media or the, your show's coming up or anything like that?
2: Just that show at Three Links, man. Uh, next Thursday um, with Messer Chups and J. Isaiah Evans and the Boss Tweeds. Okay. So it's going to be a good one. Um, you can find us on all the socials. Uh, instagram facebook all that life sucking shit right yeah. the necessary evil <laughs> all that it stuff. is it is yeah. a
1: necessary evil man
0: yeah. well man we really appreciate you joining us that, guys you know, this, it's
2: been really fun dude, yeah, this, this thanks, thing's in its
0: infancy so we're we're just figuring it out as we go too but that yeah. we we just we want to talk to musicians and artists and just and give people a platform and just listen have people listen to a conversation instead of a, a list of you know forty yeah. questions. So yeah. we appreciate cool. you rolling with the punches with us today for sure Absolutely yeah, fellas.
1: Pleasure talking to you homie.
2: Yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Alright All brother right, right. Daddy took cold the mines nearly hours light. and my mama wonders if he come home alive. Let my sister come over and help me when she could It don't make much difference now, which I never understood When it's hard
1: for you And everyone's lucky